Hey everyone, welcome to The Exchange Daily. Today is Friday, May 15th, 2020, and today I wanna to look at Psalm 32. Psalm 32, you might be more familiar with its sister psalm, Psalm 51, but this is a psalm where David is confessing, and we wanna look at the blessing of confessing, the blessing of confessing sin. <clears throat> now, let me give you some background on Psalm 32. As I said, this was written by David. It might say at the top of your Bible, a contemplation of David, or really it says a mascal of David. Um, that just means instruction, teaching, admonition. That's a term that's used in only 13 Psalms. The point is David wanted to give instruction. This is a teaching, um, really, of David saying, look at my life, look at my situation, learn from me. Uh, David was in a, a spiritually dry and broken place. He was not in a good place. And he's trying to teach us about sin and confession, sin and confession. By the way, side note, in Psalm 51, David said, God, if you forgive me and restore my joy, I will teach people about your forgiveness. And that's what he's doing in this Psalm. And this is also called a penitential Psalm. Don't think prison, but think penance. Um, this is a Psalm that deals with repent, repentance and confession. We see that in Psalm 6 and 38, 51, 102, 130, 143. Um, not a lot of Psalms, but a few Psalms that deal just specifically with repenting from sin. This Psalm is actually quoted in Romans 4, verse 7 through 8. Paul quoted this. Um, this was a, just a huge uh, Psalm. And the point really is just God's grace and salvation is by faith alone, by just confession of sin, by belief in Jesus. And um, this psalm is huge in Jewish culture. Psalm 32 is read at the end or at the close of the Day of Atonement or Yom Kippur. The Day of Atonement is a yearly festival or holiday. And the high priest, you know, used to take a sheep and offer it up for the sacrifice of sins. But today, at the end of this, you know, feast, um, he will read or the people will read uh, Psalm 32 just to remind themselves how sin is forgiven. Now, this psalm was written after everything that happened with David and Bathsheba. Psalm 51 was written as well after that moment, but this shows us the process David felt right after he sinned. And so let me just refresh your memory or give you some backstory to Psalm 32, to what David wrote here. Uh, the story begins in 2 Samuel 11. 2 Samuel 11, it says, In the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab, but David remained at Jerusalem. That was David's first mistake. When kings go to war, David stayed home. David was in the wrong place at the wrong time. When there's a battle going on, we're told that he was at home napping. He, he missed out on the battle because he was sleeping and he was lazy. That was his first mistake. And listen, many times Christians are asleep while there's a battle going on around them. And we miss out on the war and... and we're not engaging in this battle because we're sleeping. And I think even right now, possibly listening, there are many Christians who are asleep when there's a very real spiritual battle going on around us. And that was his first mistake. And so David is at the palace. He wakes up from a nap. He looks over his balcony. He sees a beautiful woman bathing. She's outside bathing. Her name is appropriately Bathsheba. Anyways, he looks at her. He lusts for her. He calls for her. He has sex with her. And as you know, she was married to another man named Uriah. And so she becomes pregnant. Uriah is out fighting. David calls for him. He gives him food and says, go home, you know, and really he's hoping Uriah would go home and sleep with his wife and think her pregnancy was his child. But Uriah doesn't. He's a noble guy. He sleeps outside and David tried again and he tries to get him drunk and Uriah still doesn't go inside to sleep with his wife. And 
Uriah's like, how can I go inside and sleep with my wife when my fellow soldiers are dying? You see, Uriah was a very noble guy. And so in order to cover up the pregnancy, David's like, I have to murder the guy. And so David um, gave a letter to Uriah to give to Joab. And in this letter, it told Joab, send Uriah and his men forward into battle. And for Joab to pull those men out, leaving Uriah, like a certain call would be made that everyone will know but Uriah. And the crazy thing is Uriah is holding this letter. He's holding his death letter. He's delivering this letter to Joab, the letter that's going to kill him. I mean, could you imagine? I would have been so tempted to read this top secret letter. Like, what is this? And just to realize it, it's your own death. And so jo- Joab does this. He does what David asks. And Uriah dies in battle. And so David covers his tracks. And by the way, do you know who like, Uriah the Hittite was? Um, when David was in the wilderness being hunted by Saul, David had mighty men. The mighty men of David. Maybe you remember hearing about those. The mighty men of David. David's mighty men. <clears throat> Well, Uriah was part of David's mighty men. Uriah at one point came to David's side to help him. I mean, they may have been somewhat close. Uriah was a good dude, and David had killed him. And here's what blows my mind. David was called a man after God's heart. Like, yes, David loved the Lord and did a ton of good, but he also did a lot of evil, and he also made a lot of mistakes. And I think there's reasons why he was called a man after God's heart. He understood faith and grace. And I'm thankful the Bible doesn't talk about, you know, I don't I, I'm just thankful the Bible doesn't always talk about characters like they're perfect. You know, the Bible's transparent about who they are and what, and what they have done. And so David does this great sin and he's finally confronted by, remember, Nathan the prophet. And now most of you might remember the, the parable that Nathan gives. He's like, Hey, David, there's a, a man in your kingdom who has one sheep and he loves this sheep with all of his life. This sheep is like his family. And there's another guy who has all these sheep, all these other sheep. But one night he stole this man's one sheep. And I, I think Nathan, you know, Nathaniel was smart because David being in the past a shepherd kind of, I think he just like his instincts took over. He wanted to like stand up and fight and bring justice. And it was personal. And he's like, man, find this man and, and put him to death. And David said, you are, you are that man. I mean, he just dropped a bomb on him. He's like, you're, you're that guy. And so it's finally in 2 Samuel 12, 13, David said, I have sinned against the Lord. And he finally confessed his sin. And there are so many truths. And, and there's so much for us to learn about the story. You know, it's like, where do we begin? But, but notice where this all started. David covets. He steals. He commits adultery, he murders, he lies to cover it up. I mean, right away, David broke like half of the Ten Commandments. He covets, he steals, he adultery, murder, lies. Uh, David said in Psalm 40, your law is on my heart. I mean, David said this. A man that constantly meditated on God's word broke five commandments. And I want you to see this, that listen, anyone and everyone is capable of this. I mean, all of us are capable of this, getting to this place. Uh, of just doing the most terrible, just awful atrocities. The best people who ever lived are capable of this. Because here's the idea. The seeds of this are in our heart. Our hearts are evil. Like our hearts are full of evil. Jeremiah says our heart is deceitfully wicked above all. David's heart is wicked. He had these, these seeds of evil in a sense in his heart. You know, you think about the seed of an acorn. Out of one small acorn can come a giant oak tree. Um, the seed of one acorn has the, po- the capability to just cover the earth in oak trees because one seed can produce a tree that produces more seeds. Um, 
And, you know, you think about how just one seed can produce a forest. You see, listen, it begins with one sin, one desire, and it spreads and it turns into just a giant forest. And that's what happened to David. John Owen said this. He said, be killing sin or sin be killing you. Be killing sin or sin will be killing you. Listen, he's saying kill sin now while it's an acorn before it turns into a giant tree. You know, you have sexual fantasies or you just have this seed of just vanity, of materialism and how you look and all that you want and have. You just ha- you have this idea that you deserve more and no one, you know, you don't you, you deserve more than what you currently have. Listen, those small desires will grow and grow and grow and it will kill. And this is what happened with David. And this happens here. And this can happen in anyone's life. And David is this person who realizes, oh my goodness, um, I'm that person. And so he finally confesses sin. And we see how broken he was in Psalm 51. But in Psalm 32, we we walk through this process of repentance. And so here's verse 1. Ready? Psalm 32, David now writes, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. He says blessed, which means happy, happy is the man. Blessed is the man. You can imagine his excitement. I mean, he's he's sinned so much. And he starts off with just happy is the man whose transgression is forgiven. I mean, there's happiness and blessing to those who realize their sin is forgiven. Now, do you feel this? Do people walk in and feel this blessedness? And maybe it's because you don't understand you've been forgiven or you don't understand the the need to confess, but there is blessing and happiness for those who realize they've been forgiven. And, And he says, blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven and sin is covered. And just those two words I want to look at, there's a difference between transgression and sin. Listen, transgression is flat out rebellion. Sin is simply missing the mark. Like transgression is, I know where the line is and I want to, like I willingly cross it. Uh, sin is missing the mark. Like I tried to hit the target, but I missed. And like you you tried to do it, but you you just knew you blew it. Um, and this is, and David really like, you know, confesses both. Whether my hits is transgression or his sins, like I've missed it, but I've also rebelled. Both of these aspects are covered. Listen, man's greatest need is forgiveness and God's greatest deed is forgiving. I mean, the greatest thing I need in life is forgiveness. The greatest deed God has shown is forgiving. And some are like, no, no, God's greatest deed is creating. No, he simply spoke and the world was made, but he had to be made and become like flesh. He had to become like you and me and die on the cross to forgive. I mean, that is his greatest deed. There's no greater blessing Um, just that you can experience, that you can give to a sinner than forgiveness. That's our greatest need. Listen, every person you're around, doesn't matter your background, rich, poor, we all need to be forgiven. And and maybe you're haunted by your sin. You feel terrible. Some people try to drown um, out their thoughts or shame by just drinking. Some try to pop pills. Everybody, but everybody knows they need to be forgiven. Everyone lives with guilt and wants it to be removed. And David says, blessed, happy is the man whose sin is forgiven. His rebellion is forgiven. His sin is covered. Now listen, he was forgiven, but there was consequences. David's son died. David's kingdom was torn apart. His son slept with his half-sister. 
I mean, that his, his own son slept with his own sister, his half-sister. His other son, Absalom, killed his brother. Absalom hated David, revolted, and sought to take David's kingdom. Absalom then dies, so David loses his son. The point is, we are forgiven, but there are consequences to sin. David was forgiven, but there still was consequences. Galatians 6, uh, chapter 6, verse 7 and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will reap everlasting life. Don't be deceived. Whatever it is you're, you're sowing to, you're going to reap. You sow to sin, you reap corruption. You sow to the spirit, you reap life, everlasting life. You see, this psalm shows us, listen, you will be forgiven, but there will be consequences. David went through that, but listen, he was thankful he was restored with God. At the end of the day, he needed to be in right relationship to God. He goes, oh, how happy is the one whose sin is forgiven, whose, whose sin is covered. How happy is that person who realized I'm forgiven, it's covered? As far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our sin from us. Listen, I do want to look at this Psalm part two, but for the sake of time, I won't, because I do want to look at just the process of confession that we see in this Psalm. So I guess that will be on Monday now, but we're going to look at the process of just David's repentance, really, which I think is absolutely key. So um, don't forget this Psalm and just keep it in the forefront of your memory as we talk about this Monday. The point is for us today, obviously there are consequences for sin, but you know what? There is forgiveness. There is forgiveness. And oh, how happy is the man. And if you have not realized like David, if you've not realized how wicked your sin is, you might need a Nathaniel. You might need a person to point out your sin to say that's you. The, the, the sense of justice you want for someone else, what about you? You know, our sin must be judged. And praise the Lord, it was judged on the cross. And there's a humility and thankfulness and gratefulness that says, go and sin no more. That says, I don't want to do that anymore. It was already paid for. Church, we love you. Walk in freedom. Walk in victory. That whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And go and sin no more. I love you guys. Miss you. Listen, we'll see you Sunday. And um, if you have not, again, been a part of a community group online, do that now. Sign up on the exchangechurch.cc. Click on house to house. Be a part of a group. We love you guys. We miss you guys. Share this with someone. Subscribe to the podcast. We just would love to stay connected with you. God bless you guys. Talk to you later.